You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. The world is full of legends and lore of the most spectacular of beasts and some of the most horrid. And tonight I'd like to share some of the reports, new and old, that have creeped me out the most. I was in contact with a gentleman this month who had a terrifying encounter with a number of dog-like animals that had human faces. It led me down the road of the Jemenkan, a beast that comprises a dog-like body and a human face. I share the report for the first time and a number of others that mention this awful mix of dread. And I include a report from a woman in France who came face to face with a towering dogman. The first report I'm sharing tonight comes from the Swansea area of Wales and was shared with me via Facebook Messenger. I chatted with a witness via email and messenger, and when we covered all of the experiences he'd had, I'd shared some reports that I felt were possibly similar. He saw what he described as several small dogs with human faces, and his original message said, Hi Deborah, can you help or explain? I feel so stupid explaining this. When I was around 23, 24, I saw something I've never been able to explain logically or fathom out what the creatures I saw were. I'm only asking and I've asked other people and nobody's ever given me a definitive answer. I grew up on a farm in Swansea in Wales and I used to date a girl and I was late getting home one night, which was too late and it would have set off every animal we had and it'd alert my parents to which I probably would have got my ass kicked badly. I dropped the girl I was seeing off about half two, on a, it was a weeknight, and um, thought, Shh, I better not go in the house, I'll wake everyone up. So I decided to sleep close by in my car. It was around, I'd say, 5.30am. I was parked up in a dead-end lane, no houses, for probably two to three miles or anything other than me and the fields. I got out to pee. I'm in a lane, single track lane. 
and there's no through roads and many hundreds of years old there are tracks and things the lane overlooked the only thing i can describe as a valley there's no life around other than me i'm having a pee and at that moment four or five dogs came running through the grass up towards me from absolutely nowhere Small dogs, no particular breed. If any, I'd say they were almost Jack Russell sized, but they had human faces and they were coming towards me. I lived on that land and we owned all the land around it with only my family having access to it. And I don't see how they could be anybody else's dogs. And if they were normal dogs, they should have set my dogs off barking down the road. I was that frightened I almost fainted. I felt my heart almost stop. I've never been able to get any form of explanation about what happened that day. Do you know if anything like this is happening to anyone else at all? As all these years later, I'm still haunted by it. I asked our witness what was on the land where he was and he said, there's an old building on the land there but it's long ago ruined. All that's left is a few outlines of the stone it's almost exactly where I was, and as I said, it were a dwelling, but a few hundred years ago now, and there were only a few stones left. Can you imagine that, standing in the field at half past five in the morning and you're confronted by dogs that come running at you and those dogs have got human faces? Oh, I couldn't find a definitive match where another witness had said it was a dog with a, a human face in the UK, but I have found some of the cases. But there is one in Bampton that happened in 1995, and it came from a chap called Tam. And he said, my wife and I saw something on the edge of Exmoor about 20 years ago. And even with my knowledge of cryptids, we still haven't been able to explain what they were. These animals, for want of a better word, walked across the road in front of our car. They were down on four legs. They were kind of a sandy color, and they were huge really big and bushy round about the shoulders, like hyenas maybe, but even that doesn't fit. These things were much bigger. It wasn't a big cat, a dog or a wolf, I didn't get a look at its face, but there didn't seem to be any muzzle or snout. It seemed flat almost in the way a human's face is. At first sight, I thought they were lions, but when I thought about it, they were totally different in appearance. I saw no tail, no muzzle, no mane as such, just a really weird flat face. They didn't resemble a cat or a dog or another animal to be honest. The size stood out to me as they were really big, they were huge in fact. I was driving at the time from Bampton, it was December 1995, and I stopped the car. I looked back and they were gone. They just walked right across the road in front of us. We didn't show any fear. We just looked at each other and we both said at the same time, did you see that? In the area of Pebworth, four years earlier, 1991, a witness made a report because she'd seen something really strange when she was out walking the dog in the Cotswolds. And she said, I had a strange encounter once in the Cotswolds countryside. I was walking the dog, strolling along the fields and lanes when a large animal decided it was coming to see me. Well, I should say, that's how it felt at the time. We just stood there, looking at each other from afar for some time, and my dogs had run on ahead. 
And as this thing loped towards me, I was suddenly afraid. I wanted to back up. So I called my dogs who came running. And they are just two small fox terriers. But they were enough that the animal changed direction and ran off. I don't know what the animal I saw was. I couldn't place it. It almost resembled a rather large ginger dog. As I was walking, it felt like I was being observed from the tree line. I kept looking around trying to spot what was making me feel this way. Afterwards, I realised it was watching me from a couple of fields away. This was when I'd sensed it, and I knew that I were being watched. I stood there for some time looking for the watcher. I stood there quietly, until finally I saw a gingery head above the long grass, and I sensed it knew that I'd seen it. I couldn't think what it was, and we stared at each other for some time, just sort of communing, I suppose, until it decided to lope towards me. As it approached, of course, I suddenly realised just how big it was. And that's when I decided I'd like to be in a safer environment when it finally got to me. It was when it's on my dogs that it just veered off and changed course. I felt it had trusted me and I'd let it down, to be honest. I still can't identify what sort of animal it was. There's a lot of talk of a black panther, and but what I saw definitely wasn't black. There is one account of a sandy brown animal. People have said he's a link, which might fit the bill. And as I guess, as I said, it was about 91 when I saw this strange creature. It sends a chill down my back that I walk my dogs around there most days and never saw another soul. And I particularly liked it when it was misty. And boy, does it get misty down there. My overall feeling was that it wasn't a cat. It looked more like a very big dog and a thin, flat face, not like an animal. It's strange that a wild animal would want to come to me and all. Enough that it would come out of cover to get closer to me and then be scared off by two small dogs. This thing never rose up or anything. It stayed on four legs at all times. As I said, I couldn't find anything else in England where the witness had described a dog's body and a human face. But I did come across um, a Japanese legend of the Jamaican. But that is no ordinary dog. It is said to be a horrifying beast, four legs, that has a human face. The Jamaican has the body of a dog, but it has a human head, complete with a set of human teeth. Oh my goodness. The Jamaican is said to be a scientific hybrid experiment gone wrong, which would explain possibly the way that it looks. Another theory states that it's the ghost of a man who died on the highway. Apparently he was walking his dog at the same time when he died and they merged together and and to have the Jamaican. It is often said that it likes to be left alone and will even tell you so with its own voice. And it is often seen rummaging through rubbish for food as it wanders about in the dark. Now, there have been reported sightings of the legendary creature even today. The Jamaican became widely rumoured around about 1990, pops into popular culture. But there is actually a story that there were human with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ace dogs in the Edo period as well, in Japan. And there are many stories about human-faced creatures or ghosts. I found a reference to a human-faced dog when I was researching the tale of a captured wild woman who reminded me of the unfortunate Zana, a wild woman who was enslaved in Russia and whose descendants still live in the area today. John Greenleaf Whittier's book, The Supernaturalism of New England, is one that's a bit hard to read for me. Um, he's a popular 19th century poet and he was born in uh, Haver Hill in Massachusetts. And he was into his folklore and paranormal encounters. And he, like me, would rec- collect these encounters and share them with other people. Some of these stories are easily categorized. So you've got witchcraft tales and, you know, haunted houses, lucid dreams, that kind of thing. Whittier was told a story by his neighbour who was walking near Haver Hills, Canozo Lake, when she witnessed something otherworldly. She said it was a warm summer evening just at sunset and she was startled by the appearance of a horse and cart, the kind used probably a century ago. The driver sat sternly erect with a fierce face, grasping the reins tightly and looking neither to the right or the left. And behind the cart, apparently lashed to it, was a woman of gigantic size, her countenance convulsed with a blended expression of rage and agony. These are his words, not mine, by the way. Writhing and struggling. Her head, neck, feet and arms were naked and she had wild locks of grey hair that streamed back from the temples of her head and cascaded down her body. Um, And she was dragged down the street and disappeared at the margin of the pond. Now, Whittier doesn't include any other information on that story, but I read on because obviously I was hoping that he would pick up that story up at a point, and he didn't. But he included in his next story a report that kind of stood out to me, and it was told to him by his friend. And he said um, his friend encountered something creepy in Haverhill. He was standing one moonlit evening um, on the bridge that crosses the Little River. Suddenly, he became aware of a strange feeling, as if something terrible was near at hand, and then terror crept up over him. I knew, he said, that something bad and frightful was behind me. I felt it. And when I did look around, there on the bridge, within a few paces of me, there was a huge black dog, and it was just sitting there. But it had the face of a man. A human face if ever I saw one. 
and I could see it clearly turned up in the moonlight. It remained just long enough to give me a clear view of it and then it vanished and ever since when I think of Satan I call to mind the dogman on the bridge. Now that is an unnerving little story and it sounds more like a description from a nightmare than something encountered in walking life. Was the dog creature the devil? I mean, I highly doubt that. Um, was it a vision? Was it something else? I don't know. Whittier doesn't provide any theories or anything like that. He doesn't go into detail in the cases, so it's very small, what would you call it, pool of information that's there. But if you dig deep enough, you do find other stories that are similar. And there was a report that took place in England, um, in Northampton, and it was shared by a chap called Simon Sherwood. When he was around three to five years old, he said he woke up to the sound of feet. He said, I looked up thinking it was my dog, but to my terror, I saw a massive black animal, probably with horns or maybe ears, and it was galloping along the landing towards my bedroom. I tried to scream, but I found it impossible. Nothing came out. The creature's eyes were bright yellow and as big as saucers. The animal got to my bedroom door and then it vanished as quick as it had appeared. I then managed to scream and my mum came in to calm me down. At the height of World War II, a four-year-old British girl was sent to bed. She couldn't sleep. Sitting on the edge of her bed, staring out the window, the girl began to hear a scratching noise in the room. And then, out the corner of her eye, a massive black dog appeared and trotted in front of her, turning its head to stare at her as it passed between the bed and the window. She said, it had very large, very red eyes, which glowed from inside as if lit up. And as it looked at me, I was terrified and very much aware of this creature's breath, which was warm and strong. Before it had reached the door, it just vanished. There's another account from 1908 from an Englishman who was walking home. He said, I suddenly saw an animal that seemed to be like a large black dog appear quite suddenly out of a hedge, run across the road in front of me. I thought it was the dog belonging to the curate of the church. I was just going to call it and take it home. When suddenly it changed its shape and it turned into a black donkey standing on its hind legs. This creature had two glowing red eyes, which appeared to me to be almost as big as saucers. He said, I looked at it in astonishment for a minute or so, and it vanished. Now, I was recently in contact with a lady who shared her experiences with me. Um, we shall call her Kitty. And she shared her adventures with a certain pack of wolves that she's aware of in her area. The title of this report is, Before I saw him, I smelt him. Witness report. Gitte. Hi Deborah. I heard your talk on Dark Waters recently and I figured I'd drop you a line about some of the experience I've had. I live in South Central Minnesota and wolves are dogmen are not supposed to exist here. But two years ago I saw one. And before I saw him, I smelled him. And yes, there was a sense of me being aware I was being watched prior to smelling that scent. It's very distinct and unique to them as a species, and I've come to think of it as doggy Chanel. Lately, I've seen them as they quickly blur across the road, 
You know those videos where a camera catches what looks like a ghostly wolf running really fast? Well, I can tell you, that's not the camera. That's how fast they really are. It really does look like that. I'm not sure if that's because of their speed or perhaps they're phasing between one dimension to another, perhaps. The most recent one I saw vanished by the time I drove to the spot where I saw it. There was nowhere for it to hide in the direction that it ran off. There are no buildings or trees for it to hide behind. It ran into an open field, yet it was gone in seconds. I've heard the sound of paws click-clacking behind me, only to turn around and find nothing there. I've smelled them on more than one occasion, and I've heard them. And the first time I heard them howl, they sounded like a pack of wolves, and they were triggered by a UFO lowering over what I think is their hideout. That time when I saw him, they didn't do that weird scream, that yowling thing. When they did it, I felt it in my chest, and it gave me goosebumps. More recently, I've heard them howl, but it's an odd-sounding howl, as if a wolf howl kind of went into pain. Say something had stepped on its tail or something like that. I really can't describe it. I asked a local police officer, and he seemed weirded out by my account of wolves in the area. He said there aren't any, so there are none this far south. I wasn't aware that they'd knock and then hide, as they think it's fun to kind of play with you. Also, I connected with a soldier who was fighting for Ukraine, who has a dogman guardian. One recently threw him, immediately off to the side, as his foot stepped down on an old landmine. It saved his life. His story's really sweet. He helped a pack member and left them treats. So occasionally they left him a deer as a gift in his backyard. I sure do wish the locals around here were a little braver, a little more adventurous. Me being the only person in town brave enough to walk into wooded areas at night. I tell you, I think the ones around here are watchers, maybe. I was having a serious personal issue when something was messing with me. And suddenly it stopped. And the next night, I heard the click-clack of paws following me to the car. Were they escorting me for safety? I don't know. But I'd definitely be interested in finding out if anyone near me has been having experiences like that. This report reminds me of Evie's experience with the dogman in Jorah, France. I've only ever shared one of Evie's encounters. So tonight, I bring you up to date on... Honestly, what I would describe as terrifying. Evie starts off by saying, Hi Deb, I'm sorry for my poor English. I'm French and English is my second language. I'll do my best with this story. I'd like to share what happened to me in April of 2017. It was the end of the afternoon and the light was good. I decided to take a little walk into the forest with a friend of mine and my dog. We chose a place where I parked my car and we began to walk in. It didn't take long before I began to feel nervous. And as we were walking, we heard a horrible noise. It sounded like doves, but they weren't singing. It sounded like they were screaming. It was the first time I've heard this noise. I laughed nervously and said to my friend, I feel like they don't want us in this forest for some reason. We pushed on and the path was wide and we went down to go further. And suddenly I noticed something moving down the track to the side of us. I realised it was an animal, and I thought it was a large dog. The colour was very black. 
I was upset and I told my friend I'd rather go back to the car. I didn't want my little dog to cross what I thought was a big dog off leash. Luckily mine was on the leash, so I picked him up and I started to turn around and return to the car. But my friend stayed and watched to see if she could place this road dog without an owner. I was waiting for a few minutes when I heard my friend scream, Evie, run! Run! Without looking back, I just picked up the pace and arrived out of breath at the car. I put my little dog in the car and before I got in the car, I looked down the track and I saw a deep black coloured creature walking into the forest away from us. I was so surprised and so shocked. I couldn't believe it. I could only see the top up to its shoulders of the creature. My friend who joined me at the car explained to me what she saw. She said this creature moved by slipping at high speeds along the alley. And the way she described it was it would go from one foot to the next, one foot to the next, almost like someone skating or skiing. Um, she said that it kept itself over two metres away from her at all times and it was probably about two metres tall. We couldn't <coughs> see its eyes. She said the creature stopped when my friend saw it. They looked at each other for a few seconds and then the creature decided to turn into the wood. My friend told me she had a dog's head and her ears were down. The creature had a muscular body and thighs that were covered with deep black hair and we were very shocked and thought about the event even to this next week. We decided to go back to the forest and see if there was an explanation to all of this but we didn't notice anything strange that time and then I told my friend we should try to go back to this place before nightfall so we did this two weeks ago and it's strange you see because when we got out of the car on that evening it was immediately felt like something was wrong. The atmosphere was very different. There was complete silence. I began to walk and after a few minutes, I felt anxious again. I decided to go back. My friend tried to push on into the trees, but she also came back running. The creature was there again. She, Evie always calls her she, was standing in the woods looking at us. Thankfully, I'd not seen the creature this time. We would like to be courageous enough to take a picture. I know that we are not the only ones to have seen this dogman. So I'm going to tell some friends to be careful if they decide to go into the forest, especially at night. This forest is abnormally silent. As I do with everybody that comes forward, when Evie was comfortable with me, I asked her if she'd ever experienced anything else unusual or unexplained, either in this area of the forest or at another point in time in her life. And she said, this is not the first time I've had a strange meeting in the forest, although I saw what I would now call a dogman when I was a young girl, but back then I didn't know what it was called. She said, um, she, the next events date back to seven, eight years ago in August. And she said, although I've never heard of the name dogman until a few years ago, I must tell you that I've always loved nature, always loved being in the fields. I always went to the woods a lot, even as a kid. But that year, while I was going to fetch mushrooms, I felt uncomfortable without understanding why. So what Evie's telling us there is she's had another experience about seven or eight years ago. And I chatted to her in 2019, so let's put that maybe nine or ten years ago. And she said, 
Several times I was picking mushrooms and I went back to the car and unusually for me I'd be running and I just couldn't understand why. I'm usually really comfortable in the woods. She said I kind of had a talk to myself and I thought maybe I'm just confused, you know, maybe something's throwing me off. She said, and then I realised what was bothering me. It was the complete silence. It was the middle of summer. I should have been hearing birds. One morning, she said, I arrived early and got on the same trail. And I saw a black mass at the end of the trail. And I thought it was a tree stump. So I continued to saw out looking for mushrooms and gradually moved closer to the tree stump. When I looked up, my heart started thumping so hard, I felt like I could hear it outside my chest. I didn't understand what I had in front of me, what I was seeing with my own eyes. Imagine a human being squatting with their head on the chest asleep, but it wasn't a human being. It was covered with black hair everywhere. It wasn't a boar, it wasn't a badger. I didn't understand what it was. As I'd never felt such a feeling of panic before in my life, I couldn't understand what was going on. I started backing up and praying that this creature would not wake up, and I ran away without turning round. Evie explained that, that seeing that when she was mushroom picking kept her out of the woods for about eight years, and it was when she went back that first time in April when she saw that creature, the one that was upright and almost looked like it was skiing. I think she's had a lot of interactions with these creatures over the time and I think she's been watched a lot. She said, over the years, obviously now I know what a dogman is. I've heard about it and I know that they're dangerous. She said, but I had a need to go back. So I went in with my friend and that's when I went back in in April. She said, and my friend's a medium. So I felt safe with her. So to answer one of your questions, Deb, yes, I think there is a connection but I think it was with her and not me. Because since I've known her, I'm starting to see some really weird things in front of my house or on my camera at night. My little dog's also seeing and reacting to things I don't see. When he growls, I take a picture in the dark and there are orbs, coloured tubes and shapes that move around. I explained to Evie that I didn't think the connection was with a friend, to be honest. I think she, the connection was with her and it had probably gone on since she was a child. Um, she said, as far as a dogman's concerned, Debbie, it's a very real creature. I really want to know, but I'm scared to go back. She said, but at no time did he show any aggression. He could have got us without any problem. She said he was moving fast with long strides. I know that I will return to the forest, despite my fear, she said, but I'm not going in alone. My friend went back to her home in the north of France, and when she was face to face with this creature, she said a small inner voice pushed her to go with it. Come on, come with me. But survival instinct took over, fortunately. My friends told me she remembered a past life experience. She was hunted in the forest by humans. She had two wolves that accompanied her a white one and a black one that protected her. And when she was captured as a witch, the people killed the wolf in front of a crueler. Eva set out to investigate this creature herself and after piecing together a number of experiences she had as a child and her later encounters with a dogman, she had a real need to know. So in 2019, she shared a number of reports with me that she'd come across and she found one by a Dutch lady. And this lady said, now 
on to my update of my werewolf encounter that happened back in 2017. I love going to the woods at nightfall so much that I've done it at least three times this year. Though visiting a forest after sunset or before dawn is still legal here due to current circumstances. She said, I would often take a short walk right before sunset and leave when it was almost dark. Wear dark clothes, you know, so creepy people wouldn't spot me easily. I don't know why I'm addicted to these walks, especially nocturnal walks in the wood. I felt a really strong call of the wild, if you want to call it that, since the first time I went off trail in the summer of 2017. When I'd visit the woods, either going off trail or not, not even the time of day would matter. I'd get energetic and excited to see it. I would even dare to say that I wanted to go hunting on some occasions. So at the start of autumn, I went for another hike in the forest at night I had to bring my flashlights because it was so cloudy and rainy outside as always I went there on my mountain bike chained it to a pole before I sat up into the darkness between the trees I saw just the last people walking back to their cars and homes as I walked in the opposite direction it became completely dark when I reached the middle of the forest I enjoyed the cold the scents the sound of the woods I'd almost forgot about my encounter in these same woods almost two years ago. After having set myself down on a wooden bench nearby, I heard the faint bleating of sheep from about 200 metres away from me. I stood up and started to walk in the direction of the noise, mostly because the bleated sounded rather distressed, as if the sheep were panicking, trying to flee. I was already surprised that I could hear it from that far away. But what surprised me at least just as much as that was the fact that I could smell the sheep the wind was blowing in my direction but still I didn't know I was capable of that I almost questioned if I'm becoming wild by the way it's quite normal that you encounter a flock of sheep here in the woods she said shepherds just let them roam it's common ground tonight the flock was placed on a small moor about 200 meters from where she was seated she said it took me some time walking around the pen before I could see the sheep as the flock was hidden by bushes from my direction. Though what I saw when I arrived at the pen kind of shocked me because not only were the animals running around frantically and trying to escape but there had been two sheep slaughtered and they were lying in a small puddle of blood. I could see that the throats had been torn open um, and that their jaws had seemed to have been pulled. They seemed bigger than those of a dog. Or even a wolf would make. There was no signs of the fence having been touched. What I did notice was a scramble of enormous canine looking paw prints around the sheep's corpses and around the pen, as if the killer had carefully been walking around first, choosing its prey before stepping inside and making its move. The sight was, of course, shocking and terrifying, but weirdly enough, not for me. I wasn't as shocked and scared as I'd expected myself to be. I felt more frustrated. Frustrated about someone or something having been roaming around in my woods. I'd started to see these woods as my second home, my territory. I would have no idea why, that's just how it is. As much as I am a reckless idiot, I decided to follow the tracks out of curiosity to see who or what had made them. If I wouldn't have known better, I should have stayed in the woods. I wouldn't have realised that I might have just been walking into the jaws of death. 
but I kept following the huge tracks until the trees surrounding me made the environment hard to see. I changed my mind. I could no longer see much at this point. So I whipped out my flashlight and shone it around. And as I turned the flashlight, I became aware of a strong smell, a really strong odour. And I directed my flashlight towards where this odour was coming from. And what I saw at first were eyes. Golden yellow eyes about four feet above the ground. Now this already meant that whatever it was, was much bigger than a dog or a wolf. And I froze as the beast stepped closer. And at this moment, I could make out its face and the front view of its body. It seemed to be a wolf, though in proportion slightly bigger and sturdier than a normal wolf. Its fur was dark on its back, lighter on its belly. And it even seemed to have short, dark mane on its neck. The animal appeared to be staring at me cautiously, but it didn't seem to be aggressive. From the blood on its snout, I could tell that this must have been the beast that had killed these sheep. And now I'm scared. I'm on the edge of the woods and I'm cautious. It was not like I stood much of a chance against a wolf with huge teeth and claws. But till now, my intuition told me to fight rather than flight. The reason for this was probably because I saw the woods as mine and this beast was the intruder. Still showing me no aggression, the creature came closer until it stood about five metres away from me. And then it rose up and stood on its hind legs like a bear, now towering over me at about seven feet in height. I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and I took a more sturdy defensive stance, not showing the beast how much it would frighten me. It sniffed the air around me and it quirked his ears as if it was listening or deciding what to do. I read somewhere that if you make yourself appear big and dangerous when you're faced with a predator, there's a less chance that it will try, you know, not to get you. So for a human, I might not really be very intimidating, but I just put this standoffish attitude on and I stood there. But this thing was unbelievable. It just looked down at me and I'm six foot three. Still, I tried to make the best of it and I attempted to look calm, not scared, which to my surprise seemed to work. The wolf stepped backwards slightly, broke eye contact with me if, it's, if it was rethinking its encounter. I took a tiny step forward and tried to look defensive and it stepped back and that made me breathe in deeply. And then I said in my most intimidating voice, he's in my woods, get out. And I am genuinely surprised that this worked. It turned its head away from me, it growled softly, and then it just left. As soon as I could no longer see it, or hear it, or smell it, yeah, I just fell to pieces. And only now I started shivering. I'm shivering on my feet as the realisation just hits you, doesn't it, what I've just been up against. It was such a beautiful, yet haunting experience. She said, after about 20 minutes of speed walking back to my bike and continuously looking around me, cautiously peering into the darkness, I got on my bike and fortunately made it home. Back at home, the realisation hit me again. I might as well have been as dead and torn up as those sheep. When I calmed down, the questions started coming in too. 
why didn't that werewolf attack me? Why did it react like that once it had sniffed me? And most of all, why did I manage to drive it off so easily? Does that beast know something about me that I don't know about myself? What's also strange is that I haven't heard anything in the news or even in the local news about the two slaughtered sheep in the woods. It's as if it never happened, which perhaps even the shepherd completely denying that he'd lost two of its block members. All I know is I won't be telling anybody in my family or friends about this experience. If it comes in the news after all, I don't think it will. I'm sure people will just think it was a wolf, just like it happened with all the other sheep kills in the Netherlands over the past two years. And I'm quitting my walk in the woods for now. I might not be so lucky the next time. She went on to add that in spring of 2019, there were reports of sheep farmers along the Dutch-German border, especially in the eastern Dutch provinces, who were reporting unusual kills. He says the cases had been on the news several times, especially since the farmers suspected the killers would have been wolves. The beast in this case did display some off behaviour for a wolf. Wolves namely don't just kill the prey and then leave it behind. Neither would they ever think about fighting one or, you know, several sheepdogs on a normal occasion. They reacted differently. In the southeast, there were 11 sheep killed, six of which were lambs, slaughtered, but nothing touched, nothing eaten. There was no trace found from the killer except deep tooth marks in the torn throats of the dead sheep, as well as one paw print the length of about seven inches. After those killings, there was a period of silence until there were some new reports of the killings in the east having been done by wolves. The killer of the 11 sheep in the southeast has also been confirmed to have been wolves. She said, this all sounds a bit suspicious if you ask me. Now, as we know, cattle and animal mutilations are on the increase globally. In most of the cases, a local known predator or a poacher, you know, is usually blamed for the kills. And in most of those cases, the meat, the skin and the fleece are left behind, not eaten and not used. Next week, when you tune in, I will be bringing you a new report from the BBR case files of a chap who saw something in the Bollum Lake area of the UK and a number of other reports. Thank you for joining me tonight. And if you could, when you become a member of my YouTube channel, or follow me on Patreon, or just share this video, like and leave a comment. It really helps my channel grow. And as I said, I'll be back at the same time, same day, next week. Good night, everyone.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.